Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Welcome to Morning Shot. I'm Ryan Huang. How can workers in Singapore achieve a better life and livelihood? While following a year-long engagement with over 42,000 workers, Singapore's labour movement has developed a renewed workers' compact. This includes 10 recommendations for five key groups of workers, and that stresses autonomy, adaptability, and assurance. And those targeted include youths, older and vulnerable workers, as well as caregivers and those in mid-career. In that spirit, Labour Chief Ng Chi Meng says NTUC is looking at how to better support workers as Singapore transits into a super-aged society with evolving priorities. Deputy Prime Minister Lawrence Wong, who graced the launch, assured union leaders that the government's goals are aligned with that of the labour movement and that authorities are ready to chart a new way forward that keeps workers' wages, welfare and work prospects in mind. For more insights, we are joined by... Patrick Tay, he is the Assistant Secretary General for the National Trades Union Congress. Patrick, thanks for joining us on the show again. Yeah, good morning, Ryan, and everyone listening in. All right, so you've got a pretty nice red book in front of you, hot off the press. What was your biggest personal takeaway from the year-long engagement with workers? Any specific aspect surprised you? Yes, we launched this document called our Workers' Compact. And I think, well, the major takeaway personally is uh, the new engagements and new partnerships forged. I think this is a quite a mammoth exercise. Very first time that the labour movement has undertaken such an engagement in such a big scale. Engaging more than 42,000, you know, really garnering, uh, well, 200 staff volunteers. And as well as uh, more than 130 engagements uh, and really more than 8,000 hours of conversations. And I think uh, we have really made uh, new inroads and new partnerships in this process. Uh, for example, earlier this year, the federal staff volunteers and myself actually went behind maximum security to engage inmates, uh, both the, the female inmates as well as the male inmates, on their anxieties, concerns before they are released and you know going to re-enter the workforce and society. So I think this is a, a good example of how we have reached new partnerships and made new engagements into segments which we have never done before. All right, Patrick, quite timely. And in recent years, we've been hearing a lot more about support and training for mid-career workers. Why do we seem to be seeing more mid-career pivots? And how is the labour movement going to use the information you've gathered from the engagements to help this uh, group of workers? Yeah, I think with the massive disruption... I mean, of course, the pandemic caused a few curveballs being thrown at us and, and more digitalization and industry transformation. We see shorter job cycles and also the half-life of skills is shortening as well. So mid-career workers will face greater challenges moving ahead and the labour movement, therefore, using information from the, the insights from the surveys as well as the engagements, we've started a few things and first and foremost, lobbying for better support for mid-career workers, especially when they are in bouts of unemployment, uh, involuntarily unemployed. At the same time, also for those who are already in companies, we are really going full steam ahead in doubling our efforts in creating company training committees to help them to ensure that they upskill, reskill themselves so that they stay employed, employable. Yeah, that's a good point. Cycles are getting shorter, so times have changed to some degree. Another segment in focus is young workers. NTUC has called for a more comprehensive system of support for this group. So what's going on here? What's lacking? 
Yes, uh, in our engagements, we heard from the youths. There are several concerns of two I wish to highlight. I think one is uh, what we call the structural mismatch, where you know many of them who enter the workforce uh, may go into professions which actually doesn't really resonate with their passions and interests. So that's where we hope to see greater internships, uh, more mentorships, and a more career coaching to ensure and minimize this mismatch. And the other thing is also industry networks. So we have started the Youth Career Starter Lab initiative we announced at the May Day rally, and we we're already going full steam ahead to better assist and support youths, particularly those graduating from IT and poly who want to, you know, segue into decent employment. They may not have the networks and with our networks of unionized companies, we try to, you know, really provide them opportunities to start off there as trainees, interns and hopefully full-time employment there. Yeah, talking about youths, um, this is interesting because the topic here is moonlighting and their view of moonlighting appears to have changed. We are seeing more of them you know, go for more side hustles and pick up new skills through non-work-related means. So how can employment or even company policies change to better support young workers on this front? And of course, conversely, how can companies ensure business sustainability in such a landscape when you have uh, now youths looking at things a different way? Uh, yes, uh, we in our year-long engagement uh, journey, we also realise youths increasingly are doing a lot of side hustles, whether online, offline, and some as a hobby, some uh, as as passion and interest. So I think we want to support and encourage that. But uh, more importantly, we see it from a perspective as sort of like a second skill, so that in case if anything happens to your your main job, uh, well, they have this side hustle or second skill to segue into. And as long as that uh, particular side hustle does not, you know, run into a conflict interest situation mm. with your current employer. I think employers uh, should support them to keep them engaged and uh, well connected. Alright, we're in conversation with Patrick Tay. He is the Assistant Secretary General for NTUC. Helping us to break down uh, what happened last week when they followed through with some of the findings from their year-long engagement with over 42,000 workers and developed a renewed workers' compact to help workers achieve a better life and livelihood. Now, Patrick, there was a panel discussion and during that, there was one very interesting question on knowledge and skills transfer from uh, foreign talents to our local workforce. So, while it's not a zero-sum game, as DPM Lawrence Wong said in his answer, how can ensure that we can tap more effectively on these deep skills that perhaps our foreign counterparts have and can work it into our own local talent ecosystem? Yeah, I think one, one key thing we need to uh, realise that we need to continue to strengthen and develop the Singaporean core. But at the same time, uh, we also realise that uh, well, we have foreign manpower in Singapore. So that's where the, the principle of complementarity plays a very, very important part. And therefore, in the past decade, there have been various policies, rules, regulations and measures, including the, the recently rolled out Compass, yeah, the uh, complementarity framework, uh, where we, before, you know, you, you can get your employment passes and work passes, uh, well, you go through this complementarity assessment framework. And uh, this is an example of how we want to ensure that, uh, well, not just complementing us, but we ensure skills transfer at the end of the day. So as part of the Compass, there's also a shortage occupation list which provides some bonus points. I think that aspect uh, would help uh, employers to realise that uh, the need and importance of 
not just bringing foreign manpower but ensuring the transfer of skills. I think in this space, we have to pay closer attention to and watch so that we don't just blindly bring in foreign manpower but we ensure the transfer of skills. A lot to watch out for and to calibrate as well. Uh, one group that you're also watching out for very closely is the senior and more vulnerable workers. What are some specific aspects you hope the government will capture in their considerations for policy making in the coming months? Yeah, I think one key takeaway was uh, that participation in training and skills upgrading kind of declined when the workers uh, get older. So one key thing is how to better support employers and, and it's going to be a tripartite movement hmm. to better support these group of workers to ensure that they participate in training and skills upgrading. And in the other one, we feel very important is retirement adequacy. We have heard snippets of it through the National Day Rally and the Majula Package and we look forward to ensure more older workers are better prepared for retirement. All right, lots to look out for in the coming months. We've been chatting with Patrick Tay. He is the Assistant Secretary General for the National Trades Union Congress. Patrick, thank you for your time this morning. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.